This is New York's Asset Protection Roundtable with Ted Alatsis of Alatsis Law Firm. Our mission at Alatsis Law Firm is to assist you with the three pillars of protection, preserving your assets, providing you help, and protecting your future. Hello, glad to have you on New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, Three Pillars of Protection program. I am Ben George, joined as always by Ted Alatsis, attorney and counselor at law over at the Alatsis Law Firm there in Brooklyn, New York. Ted, how are you doing today? Doing great, Ben. How are you? I am doing very well, and I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation today on trusts. I know the topic comes up all the time, trusts versus will, what's better, what should I choose? And I'm sure you go through that all the time with clients, but we really want to hone in on the, the trust today and, and really talk about funding the trust because really you can set up the trust, but until you actually get instructions and put everything in there, your job's not done, right? That's exactly right. And and you know a lot of times what, what happens, and we see this all the time, is people come in here and they've gotten trusts done in other law firms and they come in and you know, they look beautiful, but um, nothing's been transferred into the trust. So it, it's almost useless. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things that uh, people seem to forget and don't realize that needs to be done. So that actually happens frequently. I mean, maybe not frequently, but you do see that fairly commonly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it happens a lot, a lot more frequently than it should. You know, a lot of, a lot of people uh, think they, they save money uh, on the, you know, on the back end, for example, uh, so they they don't necessarily engage the services of their lawyer to assist them with the funding of the trust, and so they just get a series of documents, or you know, they do one of these do-it-yourself, you know, uh, trusts, and um, you know, same same thing. They they prepare the trust, they think they're done, but they don't realize that they they haven't completed the entire process until until everything goes into the trust. Very good. So if you have questions about a trust, today's episode, hopefully we'll lay out some of those and, and break it down for you and some good information, uh, hopefully, if you're thinking about a trust and really how to complete that process. But again, if you have questions, I encourage you first to log on. AlatsisLawFirm.com is the website. You can schedule a time to meet with Ted there, schedule a consultation right there through the website. There's a button right on the front. Or you can call this phone number, 718 718- Two three three two nine zero three. If you have questions about what we discussed today with the trust, and you want to follow up with anything specific to your situation, or maybe you want to kind of follow up with something that's happening with your trust, and maybe you want to get Ted's insight on that, again, encourage you to call seven one eight two three three two nine zero three. As we talked about, setting up the trust is a great way to protect your loved ones after you're gone. However, just signing the legal documents is only half the job. So you not only have to establish a trust, but you have to make sure your trust will actually control and protect your assets the way you want. So let's just start off, Ted, here with, with funding the trust. What exactly do we mean when we say fund the trust? So uh, ra- rather than go into the, the technical jargon, actually, let me give you a little bit, little bit of an example of kind of what we're talking about. So think think of your trust as your your roadmap or your, your plan, okay? Um, and we liken it to you know one of those old radio flyer flyer wagons, those those red wagons with the handle in the front. Um, if if you recall from, from your your long lost youth, um, you know the trustee is the person who's pulling the handle, okay? And the wagon is is your trust. If there's nothing in the wagon, the trustee is just pulling around an empty wagon, all right? Um, and that's what failing to fund will do to your trust. If you fail to put the things into the wagon. Then you know the trustee's just walking around, pulling an empty wagon, and it's pretty easy to do because there's nothing in there, and but it has no effect. Okay, so what we talk about when we talk about funding trusts is we're talking about integrating your plan with your stuff. 
right? Put the, putting everything together. And the integration is literally putting the stuff into the wagon, right? So you you can put you know box number one, box number two, box number three, and all that kind of fills up the wagon. And now the wagon has you know much weight, but you know, has weight to it. But because it's all in the wagon, it all moves along the way you 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 planned it to move along. That's what we talk about when when we talk about funding trusts. So specifically, we're talking about transferring assets that uh, require a title to them and putting them and titling them into the name of the trustee and trust so that the asset is now part of that trust document. Okay. So whether that means uh, a deed that needs to be transferred into the trust because you want the property to to go to the people you want it to go to upon your, your death, or whether that's a bank account or um, you know a stock certificate or some other asset or a business or an interest in a, in a corporation, all of that needs to be transferred into the trust in order for the trust to have any impact with regards to to that asset. Okay, yeah, that's a great analogy. I can kind of picture that when you when you lay it out with the wagon. Does it change any anything with the control and ownership that you have of those assets? I mean, I'm guessing that question probably comes up that once you kind of put these into the trust, does it change the way you control them? Or do you have to maybe move assets out of bank accounts or whatever else to get them into the trust? So, okay, it's kind of a two-part question there. So the first question is, does does it change anything with regards to the assets? So that really depends a lot on what your actual roadmap is in your trust. But for the most part, you know, as long as you're in control of what's supposed to happen, you know, with the things in your trust, then at the end of the day, how things operate for you um, shouldn't shouldn't be different at all. Um, so that's the, that's the that's the first thing. Now, with regards to you know cha- you know transferring assets and you know taking things out of accounts, certain banks require that a new account be set up, for example. But the assets themselves do not necessarily need to uh, incur any kind of tax. Um, ramifications. They're simply transferred into the, the, the ownership of the account is just, is changed. Okay. Um, so, so that's essentially what, what that would mean. Okay. So if, if you are someone that has kind of gone about set up the trust, kind of done some of the paperwork, but has not yet taken that step to fund the trust and say something happens to you, what, what ends up happening in that situation if you haven't funded the trust? Well, so, so the first thing is that your trust will have no say in what happens to that asset upon your death. So you've kind of defeated the purpose of setting up the trust if the purpose was to avoid probate for that particular asset. So now, you know, either if you have a will, and generally when we prepare trusts, we prepare something called a, a pour-over will that basically takes you know, assets that aren't part of the trust and although requiring probate, does say the asset would eventually become part of the trust uh, or be transferred in the same way that the trust would say. Or if you don't have a will or a pour over will, um, it would go you know, subject to your intestate laws or an administration proceeding, um, which means you know, it, it may be which may be counterintuitive to your uh, your roadmap, right? So if, for example, if you were you know cutting out a, a, a child or you you know had very specific wishes, those wishes may not necessarily comport with what the state laws would be with regards to someone who died without a will. So, you know, failing to fund the, the assets into the trust could basically, um, you know, frustrate exactly the purpose of what you were doing. 
Okay, that makes sense. All right, let's let's talk about some specifics, or at least assets that people might be moving into a trust, mm-hmm. and just kind of give me a breakdown of, of how you need to actually move these assets or how you fund your trust with these specific assets. And we've kind of touched mm-hmm. on a couple of these already, but we'll get to them just a little more detail. I don't need a real step-by-step, mm-hmm. but just basically what does each one of these require? So uh, let's start bank accounts. What do we do to fund your trust with the bank accounts? So bank accounts are are subject to the rules of the respective banks, but essentially it's a change of ownership of the account. So some banks will require you transferring everything over. Uh, Some banks will um, allow you to name your trust as a, as the beneficiary upon, upon your death. So there are a couple of things you can, you can do with regards to that, but each bank has nuanced rules that it applies uh, to the application of trust. Some banks let you keep the same account, just to change the title on the accountant and, and, and that's fine. So it depends on, on the particular bank, uh, with regards to that. Okay. Real estate's another big piece of the estate puzzle. What do you have to do with real estate? So the the real estate, the deed has to be transferred into the, the trust and the trustees would have to sign acknowledging receipt of the, of the, of the asset so that it, um, it does in fact go into the trust. Um, and that essentially puts everyone on notice that the trust exists, that the trust owns the property, and that in the event upon uh, in the event of the death of the, of the grantors, that uh, the property would transfer according to the to the trust. Okay, vehicles another um, large tangible asset that people will sometimes leave. Uh, do you have to do anything with vehicles? So vehicles are a little bit. Um, it, it depends on on the state. So some states allow for payable on death, but generally speaking, we recommend. Um, Putting putting that into the trust as well, if we can, changing the title, uh, changing the ownership um, at uh, at the DMV. Um, sometimes the ownership can simply be tra- changed on the back of the title itself, and it can be endorsed over. So it really kind of depends on on the state. Okay, retirement accounts. Um, I know that with retirement accounts, you can't change your ownership of these. Um, I guess at least while you're alive. So what do you have to do with these? So in those in those circumstances, we generally recommend making the trust the beneficiary, so that basically, the um, impact of your trust remains the same. So that essentially, your beneficiaries, as they're spelled out in your trust, will receive the the proceeds of the the retirement accounts um, in the manner that you've prescribed in your trust. Okay, a few other here that maybe aren't always as common, but you'll probably see them fairly frequently. Uh, life insurance. What do you do with that? So uh, at that point, we kind of uh, would either change ownership on the policy or we would change the beneficiary designation to the trust, depending on on the circumstances and what exactly we're looking to do. Um, but we we usually evaluate that with uh, with our clients prior to doing it. Okay. Well, oftentimes people will have brokerage accounts or something of the sort. Um, do you, is that just a matter, again, of just changing ownership in those situations when you can't do it? Brokerage accounts tend to be easier to deal with than, say, you know, individual stock certificates. But yes, okay. you would sort of treat it the same way you would with the bank. Most brokerage institutions have on their respective websites forms to transfer ownerships of accounts, and and that's usually what we would do. Okay, and then anyone that has maybe uh, company interests, if they have shares of a company, how are you just able to assign those to the trust? Is it a simple process? Well, it's a, it's a similar type of thing. We would do some sort of assignment of the of the membership interest in an LLC or a corporation, um, just making sure that it complies with the the rules of the shareholders agreement uh, between the shares that there's multiple multiple shares shareholders, um, and and make sure that that that's done accordingly. Okay. 
Very good. So those are some of the the, the main assets that uh, you're probably familiar with or that you might have in your portfolio that you want to leave to your estate. So some uh, kind of a step-by-step on each one of those. Now, kind of the final thought here, if if you've sat down, like if I'm speaking to anyone listening, if they sat down with their attorney and they've decided, hey, I want to move forward with the trust and they've done the paperwork and filled that out, but the attorney didn't help them fund the trust, what do you do in that situation? Well, look, if if you're working with an attorney and they're not going to be helping you with that stuff, that really you probably should find another attorney because that stuff is is really half the battle. Um, you know, the, the documents are important. The planning is important. All of that's important. But it's sort of like, you know, planning, planning for the war and then not putting bullets in the guns. Um, you know, you, you need you need you need the bullets. Right. So you need you need the weaponry. So in this instance, the weaponry is is making sure that everything gets transferred over into the trust. Because otherwise, you haven't done anything. You, you really haven't done anything, and um, you know that's that's really that's really um, the, you know the most important part. Gotcha. Well, if you have questions that you want to ask Ted, the best place to start is alatislawfirm.com. You can schedule a consultation there. And for anyone that's considering a trust or wants to move forward with the trust, Ted, what what does that process look like? What should they expect from that that first kind of uh, interaction with you? Well, when when clients first come in, we sit, we talk about what their intentions are, what their what their purpose is in in either formulating a trust or thinking about formulating a trust, what their overall goals are, and then we sit down and kind of, you know, go through you know the the steps and then follow up with them after we've initially had our conversation and determined a, a course of action to map it out, uh, and then eventually you know get to a point where we prepare documents that that fit you know, the plan that they, that they want to set forward. And then, you know, once that's completed, we, we complete the, the funding process with them. Very good. Well, if you're ready to create an estate plan that gives you peace of mind, you can request that free consultation online now at alatsislawfirm.com, or you can call 718-233-2903. Ted, as always, great to uh, catch up with you and I enjoyed learning more about trusts and how to fund that. And hopefully we answer some questions today. I hope so, Ben. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program. Please subscribe to this show. I have a new episode coming in a couple of weeks, and we'll talk to you then. Take care. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.